Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is 1 Corinthians 3. Congratulations. You are now officially just over the halfway point in your journey through the New Testament. You've done it. This is episode 157 out of 312 episodes. So you have now just crossed over the halfway point. It's all downhill from here. Uh, So I hope that encourages you and I hope you're seeing, wow, God's word is so good. There is not one day you're going to come to God's word and not find something valuable. Uh, God's word is full of treasure. So let's keep going. Let's press on as we dig into God's word together. Now, today we're looking at 1 Corinthians 3, and I want to ask you the question, do you enjoy hanging out with really immature people? going to go out on a limb and guess the answer to that question is no. You don't enjoy hanging out with immature people. That's difficult, usually. So, imagine a church full of immature people. Is that going to be an enjoyable experience of church? No, not at all. It's going to be full of problems, and that's what we're going to see is true of the church in Corinth. The first problem that is being addressed in this letter, and that's what a lot of this letter is, addressing different issues within the church, the first problem is division. And we've seen how part of the problem of that is pride, and the cross is a solution for that because it humbles us. But in today's reading, we'll also see how really immaturity is a part of that, and we'll we'll understand some of the factors that can lead to that immaturity. And you see that right away in verse 1 where he says, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. You guys are acting like spiritual babies. And he goes on to use this analogy that he has to feed them with milk and not solid food because they're not ready for it. They're acting in an immature, fleshly way. And that's what he says in verse three, for while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? And that takes us back to chapter two, which highlighted, we don't seek human wisdom, we seek spiritual wisdom. Well, this divisiveness, that is human wisdom, and it's not going to work. And so, as we see that immaturity is one of the other things at the heart of division, we'll see some ways to avoid immaturity and some things that contribute to immaturity. I want to highlight three things from our reading, and the first is that this immature human wisdom has too much of a focus on people. And you see that in verse four, for when one says, I follow Paul and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? So it's, it's easy to see this immaturity and too much of a focus on people when we put it on ourselves, right? That's just clear, straight up selfishness that may be easier to spot. But even here, Paul says, No, that is immature. That is human wisdom. When you focus simply on the human agent like Paul or like Apollos, and when you turn that into an opportunity for division, that's not 
a spiritually wise way to think. And he goes on to explain why, because he says, what then is Apollos and what is Paul? We're just servants. And then he gives the familiar image there of I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. And then we see this important nugget in verse seven. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one and each will receive his wages according to his labor. So it is not ultimately about the human agent. And if you have too much of a focus on people, whether that's yourself and giving yourself too much credit for what you have done or for others and giving them too much credit, you will start to be a factious person because you're immature. And we need to avoid that. We need to remember God is the one who gives the growth. So if you feel puffed up from something you've done in ministry, no, no, no. God is the one who gave the growth. Or if you're too uh, amped up on your favorite pastor and you think, well, look, they're so great and look at their ministry and all that it's done. No, it is God who has given the increase. So that's the first thing. There's too much of a focus on people. Another thing that leads to immaturity is too little of a focus on our accountability to God. And that's really where Paul goes next. Uh, You know, he says that each will receive his wages according to his labor. And then he uses this uh, illustration starting in verse 10, where he talks about being a master builder and how there's a foundation and that foundation is Christ. But then what do you build on that foundation with? You can build on it with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, and then there's going to come a day that will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire. And the the wood, hay, straw, that's going to be burned up in the fire, but the gold, silver, precious stones, that's going to go through the fire and there will be a reward. And here, I believe it's pretty clear, Paul is talking about the kind of judgment that Christians will face. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute, Pastor. Uh, Christians don't face any judgment. I, I'm sorry, whoever told you that wasn't paying close enough attention to the Bible. No, Christians will face a kind of judgment. Now, we saw in Romans, there is no condemnation. Christians will not face any kind of that judgment. There is no condemnation for Christians. There is no judgment as in the sense of a penalty. There is no penalty for Christians. But the Bible says, and we'll see this in 2 Corinthians, we must all stand, and it's very clearly talking about Christians, before the judgment seat of Christ. And it will not be to receive any condemnation or punishment, but there will be an evaluation of what we have done for Christ. And that's what it's talking about here in 1 Corinthians. What we have done for Christ will be tested, and some of it will pass the test and be rewarded, and some of it will be exposed in the test. And it even talks about there will be suffering loss, though he himself will be saved, right? We're not talking about anybody losing their salvation. We're not talking about purgatory or going to hell or anything like that. We're talking about people who are saved, who will spend eternity with Christ, but there is an evaluation, and there are rewards that are given. And frankly, I don't think this is something we think about enough. And we saw this even back in Romans 14, which is another passage that deals with division amongst believers. And one of the key ideas there back in Romans 14 was you need to be 
remembering that you will be accountable to God. Do your best and remember that. And hey, you're not the one that's going to pass judgment on your brothers. Christ is. So you focus on your accountability to Christ. And that's where I would encourage you to consider this passage and say, how am I serving Christ? And on that day, is what I'm doing for Christ just going to be exposed and burned up and and worthless? That's not what you want. So we need to, instead of being focused on ourselves or others, we need to really just be humbly focused on Christ and trying to please Him in a way that He will approve on that day when our works are evaluated. So we want to avoid immaturity. And immaturity often comes with too much of a focus on people and too little of a focus on our accountability to God. And finally, third, uh, this immaturity often comes when we underestimate all that we have in Christ. We underestimate all that we have in Christ. And when we boast in man, What we're doing is we're selling short what we have in Christ because whatever we have through man is ultimately coming through Christ. So if we're boasting in man, whether that's ourselves or others, we're missing the point. And we see that in the last few verses in verse 21, it says, so let no one boast in men for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours and you are Christ's and Christ is God's. If you are a Christian, all are yours, right? I think of Romans 8. All things are going to work together for good. God has already given us his own son. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things. And when we get immature and focus on ourselves or focus too much on uh, giving credit to someone else, we're missing the bigger picture of all that we have in Christ. And I think you'll see this even as you grow as a Christian and as you interact with others, those that are constantly just needy and how they think about life or the Christian life, right? They're going to be often the people that cause divisions. But those who are humble and those who are easier to get along with, oftentimes they are the ones that are so aware of all that they have in Christ. And even though they may be going through a trial or there may be hard things going on, there's a contentment and a peace that comes from Christ. So which kind of person do you want to be? Well, then we need to be people that first and foremost remember, man, I have so much in Christ. All are yours because of my relationship to Christ. That should make a big difference in how we think. And I hope that you, based on this scripture, can be someone who is not immature and contributing to division, but that you can be someone who is strong and really growing in your faith and contributing to peace and unity by not focusing too much on people and focusing more on your accountability to God and appreciating all that you have in Christ. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.